Hey guys, it's Naya. Welcome back. In today's episode, we discuss how there seems to be an absence of community in today's world, and whether it's related to a lack of religion, as well as an increase in technology. We also discuss Andy's newfound respect for stay-at-home parents. And finally, we touch on the meeting between Kanye West and Donald Trump, and how Kanye's message was all over the place. Come on, yay. Get it together. Okay, shut the door. My husband and I went out to dinner the other night to a... um, pretty busy restaurant. It was a Friday night and, you know, we had to wait for our table and there were just people everywhere. And it was, you know, there was seating off to the side and things like that. But when we were called, when we, our pager went off, we went up to the hostess table or the hostess stand and um, we're waiting for them to take us to our table. Well, there's this group of people standing like in the middle, like just like taking up pretty much all the walkway except for like a small narrow pathway to get past the the hostess stand. And so people were, it it was just really frustrating. And then, you know, just certain, just several different interactions while we were out that evening were just so like frustrating because it just seemed like there's just this lack of human decency. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we had this, we started this conversation and we're just, I'm like, well, why, why are people like that now? You know, cause I remember, you know, being a kid and going to restaurants and it didn't seem that way. Maybe I was ignorant to it or, you know, just oblivious to it because I was a kid and just excited to be out. But so, you know, he, my husband had mentioned that he believes that it's because of technology you know, an increase in technology in our lives and also a lack of religion, meaning um, people who are religious, who go to church, they have this sense of community. They have this sense of responsibility to be decent people in public and in their surroundings. But because there um, are fewer religious people in the world that they just don't care. There's no, I don't know what the right word is, but there's no repercussions yeah. for, for being, in, you know, inconsiderate. And it's interesting coming from my husband, because as you know, both of, both of us, neither one of us are, are religious, but we right. still like, we care about being decent human beings, but you know, yeah. as, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So I find that's, that's really interesting. That's, that's really interesting. Here's why I hear I hear you on the religion point and I understand where you're coming from, but I think there's another part to it from like from the religious angle. Right. I totally agree. There is a sense of community. There is a sense of a communal policing. So like what I mean by that is when you're in the community, there are people or everybody is responsible for themselves and others, right? So 
if you feel like somebody is going down a wrong path or doing something that's not right, you have an obligation to kind of like, from a loving perspective, to edify or correct that person. And so there create, it creates this behavior of, of being uh, respectful and thoughtful of one another. And so that could be emanated out into society. I agree with that. But then I also disagree. Here's why. I think there's also sometimes that religion can be used as, as a tool, and I'm just talking about like historically, to mm-hmm. motivate certain behaviors that are not necessarily good. I'm just talking about like holy wars and like, you know, certain types of um, missionaries that go abroad and kind of like disrupt all, like all types of native communities with colonialism so i i struggle with just saying religion but what i will say is i think in general there's just a lack of community like i just think that's what it is it's a lack of community back in the day i know like we used to in my neighborhood as kids we used to all be out in the street like in just in our neighborhood there was us and then there was the masters and then there was the Mosley's, and then there were um, the Patel's, and my cousins were down the road. But my mom was as vigilant to look out for the Masters kids as Miss Masters was to look out for us, and the Patel's were looking out for us. And it was just a sense of community, right? So when we navigated the world, we didn't navigate as individuals. So it wasn't like me, 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 me. We navigated the world as as a people, as as a collective. But I think it's different now. Like I know for sure, and I know this is gonna sound weird. Sometimes when I see my neighbors and I wait and I wave to them, and I can tell they're like, Well, what are you waiting for? Like, do you know each other? <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. Seriously. I know I don't what you're talking about. Not any of my neighbors' names. And it's like, we, oh, I only wave out of courtesy. I'm not trying to get to know them or, or anything like that. And so I think we move through the world as individuals. And if you move through the world as an individual, all you're concerned about is you. So I think what, what, when you're saying religion, religion kind of still creates that, that sense of community that used to be even outside of just, your church you know it could have been in your neighborhood because i i don't know i don't know that the masters were any religion or the moses or any religion or the patels but we certainly were all the same religion you know what i'm saying we we could have been from different religious backgrounds but we navigated the world as a community and this is what the 90s but that's kind of what i think my husband was getting at was that you know not necessarily that you go to church together, but that there certain level of um, faith somehow, not necessarily that you go to church, but that you yeah. have this faith in God and that you want to take care of your fellow man. You want to look mm-hmm. after your fellow man, that that is dying. Got it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and that's, okay. I, I mean, no, I don't I know. No, that makes sense. That does make sense. And I think that goes back to to what I was, what I was trying to say. And basically what your husband is saying, 
is to look at something outside of yourself. People who attend church or or part of other type of religious structure, the main focus everyone knows is not yourself. You're looking to God or whatever your higher power is or whatever the spiritual, you know, leader is, but it's outside of yourself. And yeah. so there's there's a an understanding that you are not the center of the solar system. <laughs> like, you know, like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't orbit around you. Right. So no, I would totally agree, but I think, and, you know, even as a Christian or someone who identifies as, you know, as being, for lack of better words, religious, I think you can still be a decent human being without that. Like, you just have to look outside of yourself. Yeah, but what do you think, like, well, what about the technology side of it then? Maybe not the religion side, but do you think that people are so caught up in their, um, online relationships or they're, you know, texting, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever else is out there, Snapchat, all, whatever, mm-hmm. all of these like social media yeah. um, communication tools are out there. Maybe that people are so caught up in that that they don't even recognize the actual physical world surrounding them. You say, th- I mean, yeah. what, like, I think yeah. that that's a huge thing, you know, um, because like for me personally, as I've already said, I'm not religious, but, um, I still have a desire to be decent to the people I'm around. You know, I don't want to be, you know, this inconsiderate person just like plowing through life and not having any regard for anybody surrounding me. I, I hope to be a decent person. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, and that I think it's evident. I mean, like, take take me, for example. I don't have Snapchat. I don't have Facebook. I don't have Instagram. I don't have anything, really, other than a LinkedIn page. Come find me. But um, when I walk into the office on a daily basis, I literally never have my head up or rarely have my head up. I'm always either texting my husband or sending a message to my mom or sending an email saying I'm running late or something. And <laughs> seriously, and I don't, I'm not even, I, I, I would call myself a, like I'm not a social media user at all, but I do know that I am inconsiderate to my fellow man when I'm not at least walking at a normal pace, you know, because the thing is, is like once I'm texting or, or saying an email, all of a sudden it's like I'm, I'm taking a Sunday stroll. You know what I'm saying? Because I can't do two things at once. Yeah. And so it's like the person behind me who's trying to like get into the office for eight o'clock is all of a sudden like, wait, what are we doing here? Are you going to move or not? And so like I know, I know that what little technology I do use makes me a very inconsiderate person. It does. Like I can think, Oh my goodness, I do this all the time. And it's so dumb. It's so dumb. And every time I do it, I'm just like, what'd you do that for? I do this thing. <laughs> where I, no, seriously. I do this thing. Like when I'm leaving, 
I've got my car, but I'm so ready to get out. Like, I'm just so ready to leave work. I'll get in my car. I'll, you know, start my car and I'll back out of the parking space. So now I'm literally in the road of the, par- of the parking garage, right? Uh-huh. And then I'll set my GPS. What? <laughs> Why didn't you do that? <laughs> that makes perfect sense. It makes no, like, I'm in such a hurry to just feel like I'm moving. You know, uh, to feel like I'm leaving this place, that I just like I back out and then I set my GPS. And so now I'm hanging out in the road for 15 seconds, and I'm just like, every time I do that, I'm just like, why do you do that? Like it's just yeah. so lame. But I think there's just, you know, technology has has an ability of just like, I don't know, just making you make at least me making me incredibly inconsiderate. Like, just so inconsiderate, because whatever I have to do on my, you know, piece of equipment, my technology, is incredibly important right now, and whatever you, Andy, need is not. Right, and yeah, and you know, it's funny you say it like that, because I'm sure that I do that as well, and the reality is, when we're in our phones, we don't, we don't really know what's going on around us because we're so focused yeah. on that. And I, you know, I think probably all of us are guilty of that. We're pretty conscious of not using our phones like when we're at dinner or whatever, like my husband will typically um, turn on some music or something on his phone just to have background music while, as we're eating dinner. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you every morning, we'll be sitting at the table, my son will be eating his breakfast or whatever. And my husband and I are both like faces in our phone, catching up on whatever news happened overnight and stuff. And that's just sitting at the kitchen table. But if I think about, you know, I hate to admit it because I hate people who text and drive, but you see people texting and driving and you know, when they're going really slow, you know, it's because they're texting because they're like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta do this text right now. I can't, you know, hit the accelerator because I don't know what's in front of me. Exactly. That makes sense. But you know what? I will do it. I I don't do it so much when I'm driving, but I do it. um, I have done it when I'm driving. I don't want to lie to you, but a lot of times, like I'll do it at a red light. And there have been times where I'm looking at my phone and the light turns green. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like, you know, a jerk because I was that person and I hate that person. (laughs) I think at least the difference is, is you're like, you're aware of it. And then you're like, okay, I need to like change my behavior. I think there's a group of people who are like, but yeah, so-and-so just hit me up on my Instagram. I need to check my Snapchat. I need to respond to my Facebook, whatever it is. And so there's just so much grabbing people's attention that how can they be bothered with what's happening in the present? You Mm -hmm. know, it's funny that you say that, you know, that you and your husband have this agreement of turning or not like kind of having a technology free time in the day. Mm-hmm. I recently just picked this, picked that up. Oh yeah. And yeah, I did. And we're in the evenings when I come home, I set my phone down. Uh, it, like we have like a little mudroom area and I'll leave my phone there intentionally. That's awesome. Can I tell, and we've agreed, like, don't, don't look at your phones or try to at least be present. Like we don't have that much time together. So like, Try to be like really present. Yeah. And I don't have anything going on, but can I tell you how sometimes there's like this anxiety that I'm missing out on something? Like, <laughs> I know for real. And there's not, 
let me be very clear. There is nothing going on. Like I know. nothing. I am. <laughs> I know. Anxiety. Like I, I'll do the thing because we have to pass. We have to pass the mudroom to get to the bathroom. So I'll do the thing where I'll grab my phone and just look at it real quick before I walk into the bathroom. I'm like, just to see, oh, just to make sure. What? Are you a fiend? Like, are you okay? Are you I know we're, like, we're all addicted though, right? I mean, it's that's like, it's not even a joke because it's for real. I will do it. I'm like, you know, if I have a spare moment, you know, at, um, at work, whenever I'm waiting for a report to run or something, I will pick up my phone and look for something. I have right. nothing to mm -hmm. look for. There is mm -hmm. nothing happening that I didn't see two minutes prior and I have to look at it. And so I don't know. And then like there were times um, where I would walk across our suite to go see you in your office. Yeah. And you, you know how that goes. You know, I come for, yeah. you know, to say hi. And then I'm there for an hour. There are times yeah. where I'm uh -huh. like, I was, I'd be sitting in your, in your office and I'm like, oh, oh crap. I forgot my phone. Yeah. What if something <laughs> happened in the last 15 minutes? I won't have my phone to know it. So I, you know, it's, it's pathetic. <laughs> it really is. It is. Like it really is. Like, so I, when you, when you say technology and you say religion or community, I hear you. And I think I, I, I there's probably, I don't, or at least I don't know of any scientific studies to support this, but I believe there's probably a direct correlation between the two. The more we became more technology dependent mm -hmm. and more reclusive and not being a part of the community is the less we were thoughtful to the human next to us. Yeah. Which really is kind of sad because the truth is we're only becoming more technologically dependent and we're only becoming more individualistic so what in the world does the future hold for this next generation? Doesn't look pretty. I don't know. <laughs> it looks bad. Put down your phone. There's a world flying by. There's a million wondrous wonders if you'd only shut your iPhone. Put down your phone and just walk away. There's nothing fuzzy. So we stopped working together just like a not even a week ago, right? Correct. And I took a few days off before starting my new job just to have some time to decompress and starting this new this new adventure in my life. And um, since I was off, you know, of course, I spent the time with my son, who is almost three. Yeah. And. He's insane. He's three. <laughs> um, but it, but it kind of you know we we had a, a conversation not that long ago. We were kind of I don't want to say we were. I was. I was having a conversation with you, and I was kind of talking trash about how you know some people who we you know that we might work with or that we know who they have their spouse stays at home and takes care of the kid or their kids. And they have to leave like on time every day 
to go relieve their spouse. And I'm like, well, uh, what about me? You know, I don't have, I don't get to just leave early because, you know, my kid's not um, home with my husband. You know, why, if you, if you have somebody who's staying home to take care of the child, then you should be good. You should be golden. You can work all night if you need to. Nah, that's not how that goes. No. And why? That person has to leave. The person who is at work needs to get home ASAP to relieve the individual who's been at home with the children all day long. Because that person who's been home with the children all day long has been working too. Like that, whether it be the mom or the dad, whoever's home with the child, that is legit a full-time job. Um, it requires you to be fully engaged 100% of the time to make sure that this child is not running off into the street or harming themselves or that they're learning the things that they need to learn or that they're, they're just, you know, being reared in, in a good fashion. And that person has been on from the minute the other spouse, whatever, has left the door to go to work until they come home. And there's no lunch break. There's no potty break. (laughs) There's no anything. It's just you and the kid. Yeah. And so, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, come on, you know, if this is, if the other person is the breadwinner, you know, they got to, they got to keep their job. They got to pay the bills. It's not a, uh-huh. not an excuse to shrug their professional responsibility. Right. I, I feel like it's right. more of a more pressure to perform well at work because they're the sole uh-huh. partner. But right. anyway, I, I understand your argument now. Do you? 100%. <laughs> because these past few days have been insane. I am yeah. so exhausted. I okay constantly and not to mention look the first day I was home I did I stayed at home with my son and I literally I knew my husband got home around 5 15 on yeah on any given day I was legit checking the front window of the house yep. every two minutes like <laughs> is he here yet is he here yet oh my god I'm about to lose my mind and <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I understand now. This was my first day being unemployed. Yeah, you needed okay. him to tag you, you needed him to tag you out. Yeah. After yeah. a day. One day. I mean, I'm not a parent, right? So I don't I've not had the direct um like experience, but I have four thousand six hundred and seventy two nieces and nephews. And they keep multiplying by the day. <laughs> And I know, and I love these babies. I love them to death, okay? And anytime I take them or I have them, I'm always so eager for, like, the time to start. Like, okay, when am I going to come get them? Okay, I'm going to be there at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm going to have them for the next two days. Girl, when when it's coming to the end of the two days, I'm like, where is your mother? Where is she? Why isn't she here? It is 2.15. She said she would be here at 2.14. Where is she? It's serious because it's a lot of emotional work. And I mean, any parent or, you know, caregiver out there will let you know, especially when they're young like that, you don't get to go to the bathroom by yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's been a long time. 
that I haven't gone to the bathroom by myself. Oh, um, not true. Not true. Not true. Oh, at work. As a working, at work. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. As a work, as, as someone who goes to work, and sometimes I do this, I'll just go to the bathroom to escape even just my desk for like a minute or just walk away. I had that luxury. A yeah. stay-at-home parent, you live There's for no that escape. time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny you say you live for nap time because on the weekends, I tell everybody on the weekends, my favorite time is nap time. Like that is the highlight of my day on the weekends. And that's, I feel bad because I love my son and I love spending time with him, but he is exhausting. Yeah. He's a human being with a Duracell battery in his back. Yeah. Okay. Like that's what, that's what little children are. They're energizer buddies. Like I just use two different brands in that, but whatever. <laughs> they're energizer. <laughs> but they're energizer buddies. They don't. They have no off switch, and they're not out of energy anytime soon. Yeah. Like they will wear you ragged, and mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with your level of love for them. It's just that, yo, we are like old people compared to these new individuals in the world who are just trying to figure everything out. They're trying to figure out how chalk tastes. Like what? And it's your responsibility to taste them around and be like, take the chalk out your mouth. So (laughs) (laughs) for real. It's funny you say that because just today my son had like taken a piece of bark off of a tree and he started to stick it in his nose. And I was like, what are you doing? You don't stick that in your nose. But how do you know that though? You know what I'm saying? Like how, if you don't try, <laughs> if you don't try, you don't know. <laughs> you don't. You don't. You're Kids like, are crazy. This oh, little, this bark can fit into this orphan. Yeah. Let me give it a go. Oh my. God. I mean, that's just what they do. Yeah. And so, like, I have all the uh, all the respect in the world for people who stay at home because. I know, and every, you know, you, you hear people and they're like, oh, being a stay-at-home is a full-time job. I think it's more than that. I, I do. I think it's it. You don't, you don't get off the clock. Ever, 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 ever. Even during nap time, like, you're, you, ha- you have to sleep with your ears open, you know, like, when are they going to wake up? You know, what are they, you know, whatever. Like, it's, it's, oh, my God. But then, so the question is then, right? So you've had a couple of, uh, several days now of having a newfound appreciation for the person who stays home. Do you now have a different feeling about the person who's at work who needs to leave on time or early? Or do you not feel any differently about that? (sighs) That's a very good question. And I think the answer is I probably don't feel any different. And the reason for that is because my ass is still stuck in the office and I have a kid Mm -hmm. at home too. And Mm -hmm. I can't help but feel um, like it's incredibly unfair that just because their spouse is home taking care of the kid that they get to leave on time, but I have to stay late and finish my work. But then, you know, I guess the argument could be made, do I really have to stay at work? Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm home too. You do. I do. <laughs> no, you do. You know, this it's 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 this I think the difference is and I could be wrong, I think I think the difference is the way you're built. And not that 
that, you know, your boss is going to be upset or not upset, which is a valid point. But I feel like, and I know you, so I feel comfortable saying this, you're not a quitter. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, if you feel like the work needs to get done, or if your people are still at work, you're not going to abandon them. Whereas we've had it in the past where we've been abandoned per, under the understanding that this person needs to go home. And so they kind of leave their entire team abandoned when the, the responsibility for the work getting done is not just for the minions. It's also for the boss too, you know? So right. I think, I think that's, and that's why I say you have to stay at work because I think it's just the way you're built. Whereas this person, the person who's leaving, not to say that all, that it's the case for all people who feel like I got to run, I got to go immediately. But sometimes it's just like the person is just like, oh, you got it. You're good. I, you don't need me. And they're just not willing to offer the support. Right. Yeah. No. And that's whereas I think you definitely want to give the support to your people. Well, and that's the way I, I mean, I guess that's, that's the point you're making, because I feel like that's the way it should be. You should support your team, right? You, you know, we are a team. That's why we're called a team. Right. You know, and it's, um, it kind of reminds me back, you know, something even similar to, you know, jokes that you and I have made, or mostly you've made because, um, I know that when you were traveling for work, you know, there were people who took smoke breaks and you're like, well, I want to take a smoke yeah. break yes! or a non-smoke no. break, right? Like what is, okay. So smokers get special treatment because they got to go smoke, whatever. You, I'm fine. You, you smoke, you smoke, but like you get a break every hour. What, what, what about me? Yeah, girl. <laughs> I yes. want a break every hour. Yes. <laughs> so when I was traveling, oh, that was divine. When I was traveling, I went to a division where one of the people I was training was a smoker and she couldn't sit still like an hour would get into it. And she'd be like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. And I used to be like, I will come with you. I don't smoke, but if you get to leave and go outside and walk around the building, I want to leave and go outside and walk around <laughs> the building and, and like get some fresh air. And you know what? She feels no guilt about it. And all of a sudden, I felt no guilt about it, too, once it became, like, a part of the of the behavior that I was, you know, just part of my day. I'd be like, oh, I'm going out for my non-smoke break. But the, <laughs> difference is, the difference is, is that when I used to tell people that, they look at me funny, but she's entitled to it. And this is no shade to this, to this lady. She was a, a very nice lady, but she's entitled to her smoke break. I'm not entitled to my leisurely walk break. Mm-hmm. This is just so weird because honestly speaking, I'm saving the company money on insurance, but anyhow. Right, exactly. And that even onto another kind of somewhat related topic, I used to, before I had my son, I used to get so mad whenever somebody needed to leave work. Not, not necessarily work, but they had restricted hours because, because they yeah. had kids. And I'm like, well, I, I yeah. got a dog. Yeah. What about my, I got, I remember, my dog's got to go yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Really I think we just had a conversation about that the other day because I found out this this one of um our one of the the guys who are in leadership at the company you and I both used to work at but um the the guy in leadership he used to say he needed to leave at four o'clock every day to 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 let his dog out and I remember I came to you and I said is that a real thing do people actually have to let their dog out because 
and I told you this growing up, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this for, from all the dog lovers, but when we were growing up and we had dogs, your dog was in the backyard. It only came in when it was raining and when it was cold outside. And otherwise, your dog just kind of roamed in the backyard. So I didn't understand that people needed to let their dogs out. And you were like, oh, no, that's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a real thing. And you have to be conscious of it. Yeah. But, you know, I used to live alone and I had a dog. And, um, you know, when I would have to work late, you know, it was, you know, it was stressful for me because I, you know, my poor dog was being left alone already like nine, 10 hours a day in the house. And, you know, when it was pushing 12 hours, that's when I started really feeling bad because they're just stuck in this empty house all day. They don't have, they don't have any way to relieve themselves, you know, unless they're not trained. And that's another issue in itself. But yeah, you know, but um, you have to kind of be prepared for that stuff. You know, there were times when I would just go home at lunch and walk my dogs if I knew I was going to work late. Or I even had, um, for a time, a a teenage girl in my neighborhood where I would just, you know, she had a key to my apartment. Mm -hmm. And I would say, I would just call her if I was working late and say, Hey, can you, can you walk my dog? I'm, I'm going to be late. And she would, and I would pay her. I don't remember what I'd pay her, but I'd give her a little bit of money and, and it was fine. But, but to so leave work every day at four. Yeah. Okay. So no, you have to I, make accommodation. I would have been fired if yeah. I left because I had to walk my dog. I'm sorry. So but if you're a grown up, you have responsibilities. You need to take care of them. And I, you know, no, I, I am a dog lover, as you know, um, uh-huh. but just, I guess, bottom line, we all have responsibilities at home. Yep. We all have things we have to handle, but if we can't be grownups and do our jobs, then there's a bigger mm-hmm. problem. You probably shouldn't yeah. be having those responsibilities at home if you can't handle yourself at work. Or maybe you shouldn't have that position. Or that, like, that's a good point. More, more than anything, I mean, your responsibilities at home are your responsibilities at home. You have to balance that. But, like, if your job doesn't fit the, fit the lifestyle that you need for your home life, like, you, other people should not be taking on the additional weight because what you have going on at home. Yeah. And I really do believe that there's a segregation, like, of your personal life and your work life. And I'm not saying I would never want to work for a company that has, like, zero consideration for you as a person. I would absolutely not want to work there. But to continuously abandon your team is also very hard because then you're killing morale, you know? Well, yeah, it's it's an abuse of power. Yeah. And that's the problem. That's that's what I hate is, you know, I, I, I agree. We should all have exceptions. You know, when there's things that are going on in our lives... We need to be able to handle it. But when you're abusing it and every day you have to leave at four to walk your dog or every day you have to leave on time to relieve your spouse, like there's got to be some give here because the rest of our asses are sitting in the office for hours on end trying to finish our jobs that you're not there to support. Very true. And like I was saying, you had to make accommodations, right? So maybe the thing is like, Hey, and you have to pay for that. So this spouse needs to be relieved. Maybe there's a sitter that comes and relieves the spouse at five o'clock every day until you get home at six or, or, or whatever. But it shouldn't be that everybody else is paying for you being able to leave early. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's, I do, even saying that, I do think that these men and women who are choosing to stay home to parent their children or even like my mom and your mom, 
who whose grandparents, your child and my sister's children, these people are heroes. Yeah. For, like legitimately <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. making it through the day with hair on their head. Like mm-hmm. seriously. Like from not just pulling it out from madness. They're like legit the real heroes of this whole situation. They truly are. And I tell my mom that on a regular basis. Like I don't know how you do it. Especially after these last few days. I'm just like, yeah. I don't know. You're you're a saint. You're a saint. You gotta go to work. Gotta make that money for the family. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart is full of love and gratitude. If I add my way, you'd be home every day. rocks with you under highway by a river too but we got a dog and two baby boys so i guess one of us has to be employed um. kanye west is doing kanye west and I, I honestly don't even know i don't even know how to bridge this conversation but here's how it started i was at work and the gentleman came up to me and said, hey, do you hear what they're saying about Kanye? And I was like, no. And he was like, you know Kanye met with Trump. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Because I remember Kanye was supposed to meet with Trump, but honestly, I mean, I didn't really remember or necessarily care. (laughs) But he... He was asking, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. He was like, well, now they're saying that Kanye's an Uncle Tom, which for anyone listening, they don't know what an Uncle Tom is. It's in reference to a Black person who is basically cooning for a white person. And I was like, oh, is that what they're saying? And he was like, yeah. And then he was like, you see, people just want to be mad because Kanye likes Trump, but Kanye's out here trying to, he said, Kanye's out here trying to make a difference for the people in his community. And he was talking about black people. And he was like, don't you agree? I said, I haven't watched it, so I can't, I don't know. Well, then I went home and I found the YouTube video and I was like, oh my goodness, Kanye, what are you saying? He was saying everything, (laughs) he was saying everything and nothing and legitimately it took all two of my brain cells to stay incredibly focused for the 15 minutes of the video or however long it was to try to make sense of what he was saying. But essentially he said a couple, well, he said a lot of things, but there is a couple of things I took away from it. We should abolish the 13th Amendment, the 13th Amendment because it's a trap door because it allows imprisonment okay, I hear you. And we could go into the 13th Amendment if, if you want to, but I hear you. Okay. Then we need to make Trump the flyest cat in the world because he's a representation of us. So he should be wearing the flyest suit, living in the flyest house, riding in the flyest plane because if he's doing great, we're doing great. I said, what? Okay. 
And then he was talking about how he wants to start, okay, he wants to start factories and he wants to call them Trump factories because Trump is a man of industry. And then he wants to start other, other like thought factories and call them Yeezy factories because he's an idea man. And I was like, what? Okay. And then he's talking about he wants Trump and Colin Kaepernick to come and have a meeting and talk to each other to show that um you know people from two different sides can have a conversation i was like oh okay i hear you and then he was talking about how people are saying trump is a racist but what is he he's not affected but kanye is saying that kanye isn't affected by racism because he's involved all that and i said wait what so like if kanye is saying all that i'm like he has points but they're coming from super weird angles. And then he has other points that are just like making my brain melt. So I'm wondering like, does the messenger matter? Or is it just like, oh, he said something good. We have to take the entire package because I'm just, I, I can't do it. I can't take the 13th amendment being abolished. I can't take that. That doesn't even make yeah, any but- sense. It, no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. But I can take the fact that the 13th Amendment has been used as a trap door. So like he's making one thought out of two very different points. And so I feel very confused because this guy who was like saying Kanye's really looking out for his community, but is he though? Or is he looking out for Kanye? And so he's up here gassing Trump in hopes that Trump will kind of gas him and give him opportunity because he was looking for tax breaks to be able to start these factories in Chicago. I just, I don't know. I kind of feel like he, like Kanye himself is just looking for publicity because I mean, that is total insanity. I did not watch the video because one, I just can't, I just can't, I don't even want to, I mean, I may have to because curiosity is getting the best of me, but I've heard little snippets of, um, what happened in the meeting and I've read things about it, but that's about it. But, you know, it sounds like Kanye was, um, went on this ramble fest and he was like, yeah, I just spoke from my soul or something like that. And I'm like, well, yeah. there's something wrong. <laughs> Cause like <laughs> your you're rambling on like that and not making any sense. Like, how is that? How is that beneficial? Like if you have an agenda, like come prepared, but I guess, you know, right. take, Take into yes. consideration who the who his audience was. That guy is never prepared either, Donald Trump. You right. know, he's, you know, he yeah. is basically, you know, he rambles on a bunch of nonsense as well. So maybe they actually understood each other. But you know, they um, did because Trump was very. <laughs> they did seriously. Trump was like, you. Trump's head almost rolled off of his neck. He was nodding so much in agreement with what Connie was saying, particularly when Connie was talking about Trump needs to be in the flyers' cars the flyest yeah. houses, the flyest planes, Trump was like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So, like, there are two sides of the same coin. Yeah. It's, it's so wild to me because, like, I just, what, what did it accomplish? Did he help anybody in the community? What was, what was discussed? What um, progress did they make in improving anyone's community? Because it doesn't sound like anyone's, but Donald Trump and maybe Kanye himself. Well, I, 
agree. Just no community, just themselves. I agree. Kanye went and talked to Trump, and then Trump was able to go onto Fox News the next day and say that the black community supporting him. Because and of I one guy. Like, I, that sounds like, I was like, we are not, one, we are, the black community is not Kanye. This is not a monolith. Like, we have our own independent thoughts and side note. A lot of us are looking at Kanye's really side-eyed right now. Like, what are you talking about, sir? I'm a TMZ junkie, as you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was scrolling through over the past couple of days, and, like, I'm seeing all kinds of people in the Black community speaking out against Kanye. Like, it's not, it's not bringing people together. It's not rallying the Black community. It is Kanye is alienating the Black community um, at least From say all of them, but all of the black community, but he is alienating a lot of people. Yes, because just because a piece has some content value does not mean the whole is valuable. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if you go, you can't just be like, oh, that's a diamond. This whole conversation is just completely you know, rich in, in value, because he was like, the 13th Amendment has created a trap door. No, because you're also like saying some really crazy stuff, sir. So, so what just, is the trap door I'm, in the 13th Amendment exactly? Do you know? Okay. Do you know what he's referring yeah. to? So the 13th Amendment says you cannot enslave anybody, mm-hmm. except for if they're you know, found to be a criminal, then you can use them for free labor. And so basically what it's saying is that by having the 13th Amendment, it's a different form of slavery because you're able to imprison a great number of the Black population and incarcerate them and use them basically as free labor to do all types of different services. And then they don't get pay for it because they're basically slaves to the system, which I hear. I, I, I actually, there's a part of me that, that hears that because Black men particularly are disproportionately incarcerated. And yeah. so it, it really does mimic a different form of slavery. If you abolish the 13th Amendment, that's saying that yeah, that's There's that's no taking it a little too far. You can like maybe it, amend yeah. it and stay, right. you know. But yeah, I I can kind of understand now under, understand kind of what he was getting at. But like, come on, dude, get your get your story together before you start like spouting off at the mouth all over the media because now you exactly. look like an idiot. Because my God, like who who wants to abolish the Thirteenth Amendment? Not I, get, <laughs> I get that, you know, and I agree with the fact that um, more men, more black men are incarcerated than anybody else. And that's, you know, that that's a real problem in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that his route is probably the smartest way to go about hand- oh, no. or addressing the situation. That's like incredibly ignorant on his part and um oh I don't know I agree 
Like, to be honest with you, that wasn't even really what he was there for. You know, he was there to talk about the Chicago being able to get a tax break so that he could start these Trump factories. Oh, okay. <laughs> I legitimately throw up. Like, I can't. And you know what's so funny? He said something. I was like, honey, say what? He was like, no, for real. He was talking about how Trump running made him feel like a man again. He was like, he was raised by his mom, and now he's married into this family that is very matriarchal, so he feels like he had lost his manhood. So when he puts on this red Make America Great Again hat, then it makes him feel like Superman. I was like, what, Kanye? You wow. said what now? Ugh. Wow, that's... Ugh. So, like, on a, a part of me feels like, you know, <laughs> Kanye was playing to his audience, which, you know, kind of actually literally is the definition of cooning. So it's like he was literally doing this that he could make this guy, Trump being that guy, feel good so that then maybe he would, you know, go into business with him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I just want to say this, like, say what you want to say about Kim Kardashian. So she is the level-headed one of this relationship, okay? <laughs> when, she, when she went to go talk to Trump about, I think her name is Alice Johnson, a uh-huh. lady who was serving a life sentence for a first-time offense um, for, I think it was for either selling drugs or being found with, with drugs on her. Yeah. Kim went to Trump and spoke to him about Alice Johnson, not about everything under the sun, not about something for her own benefit but she was really talking about crime reform or, or justice reform having to do with this individual and, and really considering about what it means for us to sentence someone to jail for life for something that is a non-violent first-time offense yeah no yeah I agree I think you know I'm not a huge fan of Kim Kardashian but I will agree with that statement for sure you know she definitely she went there with an agenda and she stayed on, you know, she stayed focused on what her purpose was. And granted, there was no media circus surrounding her meeting exactly. with him either, I don't think. But, like, I think Kanye had, like, mm-hmm. a gazillion people in the Oval Office with his with him yep. during his meeting. So it's just, I don't know. It's all just a joke to me. I think it's ridiculous. But, you know, that's a big reason why I didn't watch it. Because I'm just like, why, why entertain sure. all the nonsense? Because, sure. you know, after... <sighs> just after everything that's been going on lately, I, I really just need a break from, from the BS. I can't, I can't, my, I don't think my mental health can, can stand any more of the, of the nonsense right now, because uh, I'm just, I'm like, I'm, I'm to the rim with, with ridiculousness in my head right now. So. <laughs> that's more than valid. Like that's more than valid. And I think there's a, there's something that you were saying about IT that really puts it all into a perspective. Yeah. So he, um, it was on a TMZ uh, story I saw on TMZ. They were interviewing him and he said, you know, Donald Trump is sitting there in the Oval Office talking to a rapper. And he's like, there's people whose lives are at risk because of this hurricane. There's people dying because of this hurricane. And you're sitting there talking to a rapper? Oh, I mean, that just hit the nail yeah. on the head for me. It sure does. Perspective. Oh, yeah.